Hello, everyone. Marhaba. Thank you for joining us with the podcast by Shalhoub Group. Today, the topic is really very dear to my heart. Let's talk numbers. According to the latest Deloitte study, there's 10.2% of the board seats held by women in the Middle East and North Africa region, 1.6% of CEOs that are women, and 7.7% of CFOs that are women. Now compare that to global numbers. You have 19.7% for board members, 5% CEOs, and 15.7% for CFOs. Why are we talking about these numbers? Simply because we are close to celebrating International Women's Day. And these numbers matter because what comes behind the numbers is everyone's role to play to ensure that we get to a level where women have equal opportunities to grow and succeed and get to senior levels. My name is Lynn Al-Khatib. I'm the Group Head of Communications at Shalhoub Group, and I'm very, very happy to discuss this topic with amazing women on this great uh, occasion. Sharon Peroles, who's the Retail and Experience Manager at Faces and Triano and Sachs. So welcome and thank, thank you, you for joining much for having me. me. Thank you. And Sharmila Murad, our Chief Investment Officer, and of course, a very, very long-term member of Shalhoub Group, and we are very excited to hear how your career experience and personal experience helped you to get to where you are today. So thank you and welcome. Thank you for having us. So I think we, we really want to start talking about the theme for International Women's Day. We want to make it a little bit interesting and engaging, but let's start with the theme, which is embrace equity. Very interesting topic, considering we've talked about gender balance for many years, we talked about equality for many years, and we talked about empowerment. And this year, it's about gender equity. Before we discuss how they describe the theme uh, for International Women's Day, what is the first thing that you think about? Let's start with you, Sharmila, when I say embrace equity. <laughs> well, I mean, of course, the topic we have today is about gender equity. Um, but there's so much more to equity when it comes to the workplace and when it comes to the world. And what I'd like to maybe introduce, in addition to the idea of gender balance, is just the idea of having really um, a diversity of all types, of all types of people and all types of experiences. Because what I found in my own career and my own life is that level of diversity uh, brings so much more creativity and innovation in the workplace and outside of the workplace and makes all of our lives just so much more interesting. Um, but today we're talking about equity uh, when it comes to gender. And if I just take a moment to reflect on that. I remember when I was young, how my mother, when she talked a little bit about how she named me, my mother is American, my father is Indian. And my mother said that when I named you, of course, there was meaning in each of your names. But I also thought about what your initials would sound like, because I imagined that if you went into the workforce that you would need to use your initials, because there was so much bias with gender in the workforce. My mother had worked before I was born and then left the workforce. But coming from that experience, and my mother who went to high school before in the U.S., which was Title IX, when they equalized athletics across uh, the university level. And now to the point where we're talking about being on the doorstep of parity, it just seems like things have moved so fast and it's wonderful to see. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's a lot of parity considering the numbers are still at like 1.6%, but certainly we're 
we've gone a long way. I think uh, we at least that we're having these discussions in a non-biased way and an equal opportunity kind of way. Um, it's interesting that they say, you know, um, even going back to your mom and our children, when uh, my kids fight, they're different age group, they keep saying it's not fair. It's not fair. He got a phone. It's not fair. He got a, I don't know what. And I keep telling them like, Fairness doesn't mean that you and your brother are going to get the same thing because you're younger, he's older. So each one will get what they deserve, number one, and two, based on your age milestone. So it's how you explain it. And I think we've always been looking at equal opportunities. And I think to this year's topic is really to talk about the, you know, we cannot um, take it for granted that everyone is the same and therefore they come they're at the same level or milestone or period of their lives and you give them equal things and then we expect equal outcomes or successes or, or different, so, um, different results. Uh, and it's really interesting that we're talking about this topic. Sharon, what do you think when we say gender equity or embrace equity? I mean, for me, um, I grew up with a, a family of like all women and just my dad. So I've always seen the woman in the workplace that's how I've been brought up but I think since I've been in the workplace I've always been surrounded a lot by men um, and that's kind of how I have been at work you know working with strong men leaders um, but I think for me I've seen equal opportunities especially in the beauty industry um, you know I'm a big beauty fan I love beauty um, and I've seen a, some great women leaders in beauty however I've been from the opposite side pleasantly surprised how many males are in the beauty industry and what they can bring to the table as well so I think for me I've seen it from both perspectives especially in beauty um, I think it's so great to see males bring a different dynamic in terms of like what they bring in terms of financials, more commercial mindset. And I think for women as well, we see things in a completely different perspective as well. So I think for me, I've seen it on equal par at the moment. Okay, that's very interesting that you say that. So this is one of the things we wanted to to tackle if this is a stereotype or a reality. Uh, Sharmila is Chief Investment Officer. So you're investing, you're talking money, you're talking deals. Uh, um, is it true or false? Is it true that men is the only thing that men bring is the numbers and, and the financials and women bring a different one? Or is it something that you can train on, you know, for you as a woman? How is, how is it for you? Well, I think it's totally about that training. I mean, part of it is about, um, you know, your basics and your learning. But then the other part of it is about um, the interest level and, uh, you know, the curiosity to learn. And that sort of takes me back a little bit to um, my own childhood and then perhaps how we're raising our kids. So perhaps there was a lot more um stereotypes about what was appropriate for different genders to learn um, and different genders to study. I, I, I studied a lot of math and science growing up, and then I uh, studied engineering as an undergraduate. I um, completed a, a Bachelor of Electrical Engineering. And in my um, engineering graduating class, there were, um, in the electrical program, there were about 110 graduating people, and there were four women. And one of them actually didn't know it was a woman until the last <laughs> day of the four years. Uh, but there were so few of them. And one of the reasons that perhaps maybe fewer women find themselves into this world of um, investments or numbers or engineering is because they're maybe not getting the right encouragement or support at a younger age. I think that's changing quite a bit. And 
as a society, we need to put out the message that um, these types of fields, these types of topics are not tied to a gender. And equally so for um, math and science or um, finance or investing to creative and art and all types of um, um, all types of professions. So when it comes to investing, yeah, you need to know numbers, um, but you also need to understand what you're investing in. Is it a good business? Is it a good fit with whatever the situation is going to be post the investment? So there's a lot of other elements to it. I worked in investing uh, before Shalhoub Group, um, before business school and after business school. And then I've come back to it after a number of years on the commercial side. And I really feel that I have so much more to bring now because there's um, there's so much more to it than just the pure numbers. Um, but um, just a shout out to make sure that we're giving equal opportunities um, and trying to drop some of those biases for when we're encouraging our children to find their passion and study what they love. 100% I agree. And I think some of the stereotypes, which is why we wanted to, to tackle some stereotypes or true or false or yes or no uh, today, just to, to tackle them so clearly. Uh, another one is uh, multitasking uh, is for women and numbers or math is for men. So you covered the math and then here the multitasking. Um, Maybe also it's been the expectation that women multitask or they maybe, yes, they do it naturally, but I think it can be learned, right? Mm -hmm. So literally I was the other day with my, um, with my son and he's carrying like this cup or something and he's like and like can you grab this with you and it's like i can't i'm carrying this, this cup <laughs> and i was like okay you carry this cup with this with this with your thumb you hold this bag with this under your arm but you hold something <laughs> there you go you did it you know so it was a very funny moment when i realized that multitasking you know <laughs> so it was um yeah so i i agree that it can be learned and everyone can multitask um and it's a stereotype so um i mean i really would like to uh to really listen and and hear your experiences a little bit and how they shaped you also talking about the challenges of before and after right uh sharmila i think you're Career experience is quite rich. Uh, you were, um, you know, country manager. You're in finance. You're a brand manager, or you know, a, a, a VP of of a brand, uh, and now you're chief investment officer. So I think at different stages of your career, you had different set of challenges and opportunities. Was being a woman in itself creating different sets of challenges at that time? And how do you see it today, looking back? Hmm. From my own experience, and you know, I mean, maybe the same gender, but people have different experiences. Early on in my career, in college, in my first few jobs out of college, um, I felt the need to um, um, be an alpha, to be to to be taken seriously. I needed to. Um, I felt the need to demonstrate in my working uh, environment that I knew more, that I was tougher, um, that that perhaps I was more aggressive. I mean, granted, I was working in a different type of environment. I was working in an investment role before business school, and probably in that specifically, I needed to act like that. Or definitely in engineering school, I needed to um, be even stronger in demonstrating that I knew what I was talking about. Maybe because I had to counter a stereotype or maybe because I felt that there was a stereotype. 
it, and it's all about perception, right? Absolutely. And then um, when I had to shift into a later part of my career where I started managing people and managing teams, there needed to be a totally different approach. And that took um, that that took a while for me to learn how to do that. And you know, I got a lot of advice that um, you know um, people are looking to women to be caregivers, even in managerial roles. I don't know if that is the same for men or not, but that was direct feedback that I got um, early on in my career as a manager. Now, how have I, you know, counter that or not? Well, definitely I've taken some of that feedback and tried to adopt my style. But then at the same time, I had to take time to listen to that feedback and understand what worked well for me and mm. how I could continue to be myself. And I mean, it's a bit of an overused word, but authentic in um, the situations that I was in. And sometimes I got it right and sometimes I got it wrong. And, you know, hopefully there's some people who, who think I did a really good job and other people who say, you know, maybe you could have done it a little bit better. So um, apologies to anybody that I heard along the way. Um, but I think that it's really important to understand how you fit in all of this. Um, yeah. Does that no. make sense? I Yes, of course. I think it's, um, I mean, what I'm taking in is you had to adapt yeah. to certain situations where you felt you needed to be something different for the business yeah. or for the situation. Was there any um, coaching at that time or any training that you yeah. took that really shifted your perspective or yeah. impacted you? And maybe I want to add something more to that. I think that there's also not just is there um, a perception and stereotype when it comes to gender, but it also is in the role that you are in. So when I was um, in the role of um, you know leading finance for CG CGR, for those people who still remember what CGR was, that was the retail division of Shalhoub Group back in the day. Um, and when I was in that role, I had to I had to I had to be the bad guy sometimes. Because that was the role. Um, you know, I had to ask tough questions and I had to challenge um, uh, you know, GMs and, and, and commercial people who probably didn't appreciate it. And I had to um, probably be pretty tough on my team because the standards were really high. I mean, if the numbers were wrong, then the numbers were wrong and we made bad decisions. Um, you know, as I evolved into other roles, it was much easier to be the good guy because that's really about, um, you know, being a cheerleader, being on the floor, um, you know, motivating the team, saying, you know, we can do this. We can deliver this. You know, we can give a great customer experience. Um, you know, we can create a beautiful shopping experience in store and online. And it, I have to say, it was a bit refreshing to be able to move into that. Um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in this role that's a bit of a hybrid now, where um, yeah, the numbers have to be right. And so, you know, it's reminded me a little bit about <laughs> these old days. Uh, but then at the same time, there's so much more uh, to to the decision making and and the approach. So I think that that also has a lot to play in the role that you're um, working in. I don't know. I mean, in the in the beauty role, do you feel a lot of pressure to always have your makeup look perfect, like it does right now, <laughs> like it does right now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think there's. I think in beauty, there's always a certain kind of look and feel. Yeah. But just going to your point in terms of like my career. Um, I've been in a lot of businesses before and I've always looked up to leaders, but sometimes I've realized like their approach isn't my approach mm. and how they make the best out of it isn't going to be how I am. 
And I've really looked at trying to be authentic, but also try to be what would I want back from a team member as well? So I've really tried to adapt the servant leadership style. You know, I've really tried to have empathy for my team and it's really worked for me, but that style might not work for someone else. So I think for everyone who has a career, you know, you have to be yourself and have to adapt to what you're going to get the best out of the team. And I definitely feel my style has worked. You know, I've got a really great team. They're really on board with me. And I really do think it's down to the style of each individual person. Mm. I really hope that everyone works with servant leadership. Otherwise, we're in trouble. <laughs> uh, I think this brings me to a next stereotype I'm thinking about, because the way that you've described it is when you're tough and you're results driven and you want things black and white, right or wrong and reflect on mistakes. You talked about it as if it's the bad guy. And it's another stereotype because often when maybe it's women or maybe when women do it differently, it's it's. Maybe we feel that if you're tough and you're saying numbers, suddenly you you become the bad guy or or you know Godzilla or monster <laughs> a leader. Whereas when you're actually doing that cheerleading all the time, then that's a good thing. And and this is where I feel um, even in the servant leadership uh, content that we we were writing, uh, servant leadership doesn't always mean that. Um, your best friend and I'm always uh, nice and bubbly. Mm. It actually means that. I want to drive results. I want to hold you accountable for mm. it. And there are consequences because in the end, it's a business. But we do it in a way that considers people, right? They're humans, they're people where we have empathy, but it is not empathy versus results. And I think it's another, maybe a, a stereotype because immediately the moment I personally shift into this was not delivered. This is good. This is bad. It's clear. There isn't like, it's not mm. a subjective opinion, mm. you know, even in communication, which is very subjective. Um, but people take it negatively because, you know, they're used to me to, to always being, you know, come on, let's do it. We have timelines, events. This is great. But, you know, it's, it's balanced feedback mm. in the end. So it's interesting to tackle this, uh, this mindset, um, mm. because yes, you are a servant leader at the same time, a servant leader will be accountable for results mm -hmm. and their team. And it's unfair for people who are delivering and high performing to be equally treated. Uh, I mean, treated from a business perspective. I'm not saying be, be bad to them or nasty, not at all. Um, versus those who are underperforming in the same team, for example. Mm. Uh, as a good servant leader would clearly identify rewards and uh, consequences and stick to them. Yeah. And I think this is where you're under us to be complacent if you want to be just nice all the time, right? So uh, it's not this versus that, I think. What do you think, uh, Sharon? Yeah, I think with my team, I'm very clear on communication. So they know that if they're going to be challenged, there's a reason for it. Uh, and we really work on like development plans and how we can bring things forward. So we have a management meeting e each week. And of course, if the numbers are down, they're going to be challenged. But then my role is what can we do to support them Absolutely. to move forward? So I think it's that balance of the team know what we're working on but how are we going to get there together and i think the approach i have with my team if i'm if we're having a tough day and they're challenging each other or we're challenging them how can i bring them on board to, to move forward so this is the kind of relationship i have that i'm approachable so for example if if things get tough and we're going to challenge it how can we move forward together um, and that's how we've set the expectation um throughout you know our career with them yeah no i love that Okay, so we talked about several stereotypes already, and uh, I think you may have a similar but also different uh, career paths, and we talk about women empowerment. Um, 
Do you feel like it's an insult to say women empowerment or we're empowering women because now everyone is, you know, some people say, no, it's a good thing. Women empowerment means we give ourselves the authority and the power. Some says it's condescending um, to give, to say that, you know, you have the upper hand to empower you now or not empower mm -hmm. you. So what do you think, Sharmila, about this? Well, no, I think it's it's still still something really important to do. And um, when I think about it, women empowerment, what I really appreciate about it is the part of the movement that is really um, creating community around supporting different women, um, both from women and from men. It's addressing um, a shortcoming in terms of this inequity um, in opportunity that's been there for some time and trying to work together to address it. At the same time, I'd like us very much to um, make sure that we're always thinking about that balance because, yes, there's an empowerment of women. There is also a very critical um, balance where we need to make sure that all people, regardless of gender, regardless of background, have uh, access to opportunities and have access to do what they love. And so um, I think back on something my husband said a long time ago, and I, I, I've, I've shared this with, with people in the past, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. He said that women will be equal when it's okay for men to be stay-at-home dads. And that resonates with me because um, let's also work toward uh, a place and a time when society respects all types of work. It respects the caring and raising of our future generation. It respects the caring of our elderly um, and an older generation. And it respects different types of um, periods in our profession. There's times to be in the office working hard. There's times to be on a sabbatical, learning more, um, flexing different muscles and developing ourselves in different ways. Yeah, I love that because I think when women are empowered, there needs to be balance in society, right? A simple example is schools. Yeah. I literally had to beg schools to include my husband in the WhatsApp groups and the emails <laughs> because they're like, oh, I just send it to the mommies. I'm like, well, <laughs> Is he Please trying to get off them now? The parents, huh? Is he trying to get off them now? <laughs> Not at all. Actually, super involved. Takes That's the wonderful. lead on on everything school. So, yeah, I think this is exactly the kind of um, you know mindset shift that we mm. were talking about because women empowerment is. Some people see it as condescending because it's like I'm giving you the power. But I love the concept you mentioned that it's a collective, it's a community acknowledging a gap, and working towards making sure there is no gap. And then let's talk about equity and, and equality and, and equal, equal pay, for example, for the dads to be stay-at-home dads in the first yeah. place. So a lot of things are, they come into play when we, when we talk about these big phrases and words and, and slogans. Um, and I think um, one thing after women empowerment and what you said is intentional inclusion. Right. So there is a gap. Yes, you need to have a community. But I mean, the numbers don't lie. Right. It's 1.6 percent um, in the Middle East um, are the CEOs that are women. Right. So there is a gap. And for a certain period, you need to be intentionally in, you know, intentional inclusion or intentional hmm. little bias to take specific actions to 
enhancing these numbers and uh, getting sure. somewhere. And part of what we do at Shalhoub Group, and you were part of it, is the Women in Leadership Program, right? So it was very interesting to hear the feedback from different women who went uh, through this, uh, was it like a six-month program, I think, something like that. Uh, some of them said, I don't need a Women in Leadership Program. I just need a leadership program. Why is it women? You're actually being now biased against me because I'm a woman, you think I need a leadership program. Some others felt, uh, no, actually it helped me a lot. I reflected, I think women need special, um, you know, focus or coaching as well at a certain level of their career. Sharon, tell me about your experience uh, in this uh, program and what outcome did you feel you got out of it? Okay, well, first of all, I want to thank Shadoo Group for the amount of investment that they do for everyone. I've been on so many training. <laughs> and honestly, it's really helped my career. Um, the Women in Leadership was really about um, diversity and inclusion. And there were 60 women uh, across the business. So we, I met people from UAE, from India, from KSA. And it was a great 60 women that came together. And we did three modules. So the women in me, the women in teams and the women in business. Um, and really uh, what we were learning is about how to discuss different topics together. So module one, which was the women in me, I felt was the most uncomfortable because it was talking about myself mm. um, and really challenging who I was in the business, um, how I can be a future leader, maybe untapping some things that I found difficult. Um, and I think the amazing thing that I found on the whole course, more than the modules, was coming together with a community of women. So actually the, the first day for me was the first day back from maternity leave. Um, and it was so amazing to be around other women. And I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to work and be a mum and do everything that I need to do? So actually having the communication with other women leaders, like I can aspire to be like you, Shamila. I know that you did a really amazing talk and it was so amazing to look up to other women. Um, it was also really powerful to look back at my career and actually say, I did this, you know, mm. and I'm here today because I did X, Y and Z. So I felt really empowered because of other women. I felt empowered because of the, the classes that we were taking, the speakers that were coming along. Um, and I think it was a, a really valuable session for me. Well, that's that's great. So um, obviously there's still a need. Uh, and just like anything, some people would uh, believe it was helpful for them. Some people are at different levels. The good news is I think that the younger generation maybe feel less of this bias and less of this uh, inequality, which is great. It means someone has paved the way for them and uh, and we're getting there. So at least you could see that uh, in their feedback that they were um, actually at a different level of bias. But it's good to be inclusive. To These women, I think, uh, are top talents uh, of the group who were supported to grow in their career. And this is the objective. So um, either way, women in leadership or just leadership program, um, it's it's good to to have that and reflect on it uh, on a I personal I think no level. matter what course you do, whether it's women in leadership, I think it's just about being open in business. So, you know, just because I'm a woman, I might have one set of challenges, but maybe a male has another set of challenges. So sure. I think for me, the community, it wasn't about being a woman. It was just talking about what I was yeah. going through in that moment, whether it was struggles in business, struggle with a leader, um, you know, just doing my day job. Or maybe it was just about being vulnerable. I'm a new mum. What on earth do I do? Can you help me? Can you give me advice? How do you manage your time? So I think the forums for different platforms of training is really important to to talk to people um, outside of just your usual job. So yeah. for me, that was powerful. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, I wish we could stay talking forever. I, <laughs> I really don't want to <laughs> end this, but we have um, maybe a few uh, questions to tackle. Going back to embrace equity, right? We said it is about giving 
the, what people need to succeed. And this mm. could be different for different people, whether it's women or men or this. So um, reflecting on this, the two more questions. One is, what would you uh, advise or what do you say the role of men is today versus maybe 10 mm. years ago to drive this agenda? Mm. Uh What is your two stars and a wish maybe? Uh, and the second one is, what is the advice that you would give um, to women who are listening and want to grow in, in their careers? So advice for men, advice for women. I think if I start with women is believe in yourself. Okay, I think we're capable of doing anything. And I think don't set your expectations so high. Like live in the moment, um, live with your dream. You know, if I look back to when I was a child, I never thought I'd be where I was today. You know, a lot of people said, don't do this as a career, you know, don't do this. But if I'd listened to other people, I wouldn't be where I was today. So I think for me, it's just believing in what you're able to do, believe in yourself, be inspired by other people and don't let other people say no for you. You know, even if I look back to, you know, hope my family and friends aren't watching, but a lot of people said to me, <laughs> <Just> they are. <laughs> like, how on earth can you be a mum and have a good career? And, you know, I wanted to prove everyone wrong. I can be a good mum and I can be great at my career. You just need to find the balance and not let other people dictate how you can move forward. So I think any advice I'd give to anyone, believe in your dreams, you know, whatever it might be, you can succeed if you put your mind to it. I love how you said, don't let people say no for you. So it's not to you. They're not telling you no, stop it. They're just on your behalf. So absolutely, that's great. Sharmila? Ooh, advice. That's sometimes a challenging <laughs> thing to give. <laughs> Take this with a grain of salt. So with, I think, men, I would say for those men out there who are dads or uncles or um, in, have, have younger women in their family, I would say... Um, you know, encourage them, encourage them to follow their passion, um, encourage them to uh, study math and science, um, push them into areas that perhaps are a little bit beyond their comfort zone, try new things, um, uh, dare to fail. And maybe with women, I would say, um, maybe be a little bit um you know, be, be kind to yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, we, we sometimes fall into this trap of perfection. And that perfection can sometimes get in the way of us just trying and doing our best. And sometimes we're going to succeed and sometimes we're not going to succeed. Um, but if we can keep going, then um, you're in it. And that's when opportunities come into play. So, My, my husband and I have two daughters who are um, 10 and 13, just like yours. And my husband reads a lot about um, parenting, thankfully, because I, I just like the cliff notes. Um, so I learned them from him or some of my girlfriends who read a lot. And one of the things he honed in on um, was around this idea that we're, we're raising our girls to be perfect. And that perfection um, becomes, can paralyze Uh, the ability to try new things, uh, to perhaps set yourself up in a place where you could fail. And uh, when I graduated from business school in 2004, really soon after the, that, there was a report that came out from McKinsey that talked about um, why women were dropping out of their uh, ranks before they hit partner. And one of the key findings was that those women who were also trying to balance 
obligations outside of their work, family, um, marriages and family, were finding that they weren't doing anything up to their standard of excellence. And so rather than just being able to deliver something good or very good, they decided to pull themselves out before um, finding themselves at a point where it wasn't perfect. And Again, sometimes that becomes an enemy and debilitating. And I'd also just like to add that not only is it really hard on us as individuals and maybe preventing us from taking on new challenges, but it also can be exceptionally detrimental as leaders and managers for our teams. I agree. And I think it uh, goes back to uh, what men invented in the corporate world, which is the 80-20, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's seek excellence because sometimes perfection, as you said, is, is paralyzing. And uh, I mean, in communication, late news is no news. Yeah. If you miss the deadline of the journalist, that's it. It's gone. So you missed the news. Mm. So let's you know seek for excellence and not let this perfection yeah. debilitate uh, us. And I mean, same for boys. Yeah, I'm a mother of boys. And I think... Uh, Um, my, maybe if I may also have advice is whoever has boys to teach them to be super in touch with their emotions, mm. very empathetic, yeah. to cry, to, um, you know, to dream to want to be dad. I mean, my little yeah. one's ultimate dreams, like I want to be a dad and I want to be a great dad when I grow up, mom, yeah. you know, so That's wonderful. it's great, you know, so I think the other side of of the balance also has to, to go in parallel mm. so that we can have the society where you said uh, equality happens when, you know, when also the other side and, and men are also respected for all their choices, just like women should be respected for all their choices. Thank you very much Thank for you. being with me. I, I'd love Thank to continue you. this conversation <laughs> offline. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Please, as always, share your feedback and let us know what topics you would like us to discuss. Thank you. Bye.